Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church, advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Be still, my Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message.
Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 27. This version is from the message. What this adds up to then is this. No more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to one another. After all, when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in you. to be my kitchen counter. Nevertheless, sacred because we have gathered here in the integrity of seeking. So why? Why on the heels of one of the few good pieces of national news in 2020, have I come to speak with this body about anger? I promise you that I'm not a party pooper, but it occurs to me that part of the beauty and the power of the present moment, not just this present moment, but any present moment that we choose to fully experience without judgment or pretense, the beauty of presence is that we can hold many things to be true at the same time. 
We are both relieved and worried. We may be celebratory and cautious. We may be both invigorated by a new wind and grounded by the reality of the work that continues to await us. We can be happy, excited, and at the same time, angry. Angry with economic disparity. Angry with white supremacy and xenophobia. Angry with the mishandling of the coronavirus in the United States and the 241,000 deaths since the beginning of this year. Sometimes anger is our best response. Anger is one of those emotions that many people have trouble owning up to. Within religious spaces and others that may center reason, anger is viewed as irrational and as a base or lesser unevolved emotion. Early Methodist holiness factions encouraged subduing anger as a means of sanctification. Ancient Greek philosophers like Aristotle argued that anger necessarily carried with it a desire for retribution. And 18th century philosopher Joseph Butler affirmed that anger demands the misery of our fellow creatures. Many religious traditions allude to the vicious nature of anger. For instance, there's a sense that anger creates space for other types of evil to take over. Our verses from Paul this morning affirm that. There's a sense that anger is an overwhelming fire that we ought to extinguish lest we be consumed by it. And while I understand that anger can cause harm if not properly tended, this invitation to reflect on ancient wisdom that Paul offers helps us to approach anger with greater expectation. And as Jalaluddin Rumi reminds us, with an understanding that anger is a visitor that must be honored as a sacred guide. As Paul writes this circulated letter to the church in Ephesus, I think of what it means for a body, a collective in this case who happens to struggle with being community, what it means for a body to hold anger. What does it mean for a collective to hold a distressing feeling or maybe several feelings at the same time of anger, sadness, grief, insecurity, embarrassment, skepticism, hostility, to hold that feeling, but do not sin? In particular, what does it mean to listen to anger's lessons before it gets to retribution? or overwhelm or destruction before it gets to canceling someone who may not be woke enough, before it gets to tiki torches and racist vigilantism, before it gets to posturing to claim the moral ground, holding the emotion, honoring the feeling that is valid, even if it's based on fallacy and falsity because it is us. Look at this body, this nation, 
with all its fullness, its politics, its values, its emotions, and acknowledge the truth that this is us, even if it makes us feel angry. As we hold anger, we hold complexity, we hold the stories behind the emotions, but we do not hold it inside the body. Anger held inside, in fact, may very well become the consuming fire that we were warned about. It may prompt those wishes for retribution and suffering of the other. We do not hold it inside of our bodies for as it says in an anarchist Quaker's prayer to soothe anxiety. It says just because your body can hold all the tragedy, the panic, the tension, and I might add the anger that it is holding right now, that doesn't mean that you must go on holding it all forever. The loving grandmother in you knows this to be true. Rather, we take that anger and we hold it outside of us so that we can perceive it, so that it can breathe and we'll give it space and tend it. holding that anger outside of ourselves. That sounds risky. The KKK comes to mind and neo-Nazis, transphobic murderers and folks who haphazardly refuse to wear a mask. Their anger is in plain sight, held outside. People who had not the will or the support to hold their anger well. And so it metastasized and to borrow from Paul has created the space for the devil. Or in less mythical, less symbolic terms, may space for that which alienates one being from another. It is when we approach anger without intention, that we are at risk for poor choices, and most especially at risk when we decide to hold anger alone. We must take that anger and hold it outside of us, knowing that someone else feels this too and we are not alone. This work of holding anger is community work. And maybe our suspicion all along about anger has roots in an individualism that says, I can and ought to and really must do this alone. I must feel my anger alone because it is mine alone. And yet, it is Paul who says we are members one of another. And as members one of another, we owe one another connections of authenticity. Speak the truth in love, says Paul, the truth. 
We owe one another genuine feeling and vulnerability. We owe one another. We who with intention and discipline belong to a community, not just any group of people in proximity to one another, but a community from the Latin communitas, where the bond drawing humanity to humanity, humanity to earth, humanity to living being, all drawn together in spirit is felt in community, the bond of community. That's where we owe one another truth. And this is the moral good of anger. The non-exclusive, but certainly distinct and urgent invitation to know truth and truth-telling as we hold our anger in community. So what does it look like? Let me invite you to the liminal space between be angry and do not sin. That space of holding between feeling and response. Anthropologist Victor Turner identified liminality as frequently likened to death, to being in the womb, to invisibility, to darkness, to the wilderness. It is betwixt and between. It is neither totally here nor there, and in many ways, both here and there in its mystery. This liminal space is a space of ritual. And ritual, simply put, is a practiced sacred experience whose power lies in its capacity to hold indeterminacy and potentiality, in its opening toward us to become the meaning that we seek amid the unknown, the hurt, that which causes us anger. What new rituals can we create? Or time-tested rituals can we adopt and adapt that allow us to feel and feel truly? That allow us to face anger with hospitality instead of hostility? This discovery, too, is the work of community, even your community. Anger holds moral good. Not only take it and change it, turning it into something else more palatable, more respectable, more rationable and, and manageable, but rather when we let anger change us. Anger holds moral good in that moment of ritual in that liminal space for holding us and what we feel, we let the anger change us as a community. We let anger disrupt and unsettle us, and yet we do not sin. And we have the gift of one another as accountability partners in the discipline of responding in ways that enlarge our hearts and enliven our faith in the generative possibility of communal feeling through the mystery and at the precipice of the soon to be revealed, 
we, as Alice Walker named, regain a kind of paradise, no matter what we may be feeling. And in this time, we could certainly use some paradise. May it be so. We resist, we refuse to let hatred in. We rise up, we walk back down. We're in this till the end. We resist, we refuse to let hatred in. We rise up, we walk back down. We're in this till the end. We resist. for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.